the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's Word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for The Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888. That's P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. Welcome to The Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers, and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of the Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Sophie Dollar. Hello, everybody. We are in the house. Slipped up on us there. We were in a discussion here in the studio and got started without us. Don't go, don't go far without us. All right. This is the Bible Live. This is Soapy Jacobs here in the studio with me. And Soapy, we are, are, we, are, are we on the air? I think we are should, on the should air. Should I close Jacob. my picnic basket? <laughs> we we were sitting there talking about all these shootings going on this uh, week. This is uh, terrible. Too. Back to back, and I guess just the following day, right, Jacob? Uh, yeah, they were pretty close. And um, our dear state of Texas is touched by this down in El Paso. Our yeah. hearts and prayers and go out to all of our uh, fellow citizens there in that great city of El Paso. And uh, the, these things are just so ugly and so terrible. The news is just now coming in on them. There's not a lot uh, we can say. I guess the the big thing is, uh, I think what we're learning from these situations, Jacob, is 
don't rush to judgment. One thing, so often when these things happen, the media jumps on and people start telling stories and, and this happened and that happened and this was his, uh-huh. his motivation and so on. And and then, and then, you know, a day or so later, two days later, three days later, as the investigation uh, takes place, uh, we find out that many of these opening um Remarks, these opening uh, criticisms or explanations are, in fact, erroneous, that, that things happened and things went on that uh, we don't know about. It. So I, I think it's important that we uh, kind of we, we grieve. We, we, are, uh, we, we ask God to bless the, the victims of these terrible crimes, and, and then we wait and let justice take its uh, – Take its 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 turn. Let the wheels of justice turn. They go quickly. Uh, I noticed Jacob up in this shooting up in Ohio that the report here early is that at first it was that within them within one minute of this um, shooter's within one minute of his first shot, the police were there and shot him. And killed him and kept him from killing other people. And then there was a revision of that within uh, hours that said, no, it wasn't even one minute. It was about 30 seconds because the police were well stationed all around this particular event, this uh, venue. And when the when they heard the shots, the immediate reaction, and then within 30 seconds, uh, if he had been able to reach, go into the bar or other venue that he was trying to get into, as we understand, uh, there might have been a great number of more deaths and injuries, woundings. And so um, we we're happy about that. Also, I was hearing in El Paso, I heard uh, – just almost immediately after the uh, event itself, Jacob, I was listening to one of our uh, uh, one of our one of the stations, and they were interviewing uh, a young man who is in the United States Army. He's active duty, and he was there at the time of the shooting. He, he but he also, besides being a part of the military, he also has a uh, license to carry, and he was there in the uh, around. And, and everybody was running from the the gunshots, and he was going toward the gunshots to see if he could do some good. And he found some children that were paralyzed with fear and, and uh, in danger. And wow. so instead of continuing on, he escorted I, – I, I've forgotten the number, nine or ten children, it seemed like was the number. But he led a small group of children to safety, pr- protecting them and covering them uh, with his weapon as they went. So it, uh, there are hidden stories of goodness, of heroism, of selflessness, uh, always in these situations. There really are the first responders, the medical people. Uh, there's some some wonderful stories, and of course, if we go further and deeper into the lives of the individuals involved, the families involved, I think we would find uh, heroism, we would find faith, we would find hope. Um, it, it's it's um, it's just always inevitable in the, because these are real real life situations. But again, our prayers go out to our fellow citizens in these two countries. I, I know you had something uh, mm-hmm. that w- you were looking at in the book of Isaiah. No, it, that has do, nothing to do with these, though, right? These. No, this has nothing to do with these. I didn't know if you wanted to maybe have a comment there as we get settled in. We were talking about these things before the uh, program. is how we kind of missed our intro really, there. But we are in the books of Actually, first... I want Go to, ahead. I want to hasten to add that uh, we all did mess up, but I was the one that brought it to everybody's attention. 
So I get credit? You get credit. Okay. Get credit for us being off the earth. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, there and you I'd go. I'd like to point out that the producer, John, was so busy that he didn't even notice. That's right. We, the conversation was so intriguing and so interesting that even John, the board man, <laughs> missed it. bus you just threw me under. <laughs> <laughs> we just threw him I, under the bus. I, I took him out from under the bus and then put him under the You know, I've never understood what that, what does it mean throwing someone, I mean, I know what it means, I kind of pick up, but where in the world is the idea of throwing someone under the bus? What does that Where did that expression come from? Throwing someone under the bus? I'll bet you it's Googleable. (laughs) I'll go to the Google. I'll go to the Google. It's Googleable. And I'll figure it out. Well, this week, this past week, we read uh, the uh, books of 1st and 2nd Timothy. These are two short letters. These are called pastoral letters that Paul wrote, uh, not to churches, but he wrote letters to two young pastors that he uh, mentored, that he discipled, that he had a hand in their spiritual growth and progress, not only uh, personal, their their relationship with God, but also he uh, mentored them and guided them in their ministries as they gave leadership to the church there in the first century to uh, churches around the Roman Empire. So uh, we read the books of First and Second Timothy, uh, this young man, uh, half Jewish, half Greek, I believe. Yes, top half was uh, Jewish, the bottom half was Greek. The left half was Jewish, and the right half, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, right? something like there that. we go. So Timothy gets his letter from Paul, and uh, very, very remarkable letters, both of them. And then there is um, Titus. Young, another young pastor that Paul was mentoring and discipling. We have that letter from Paul to Titus. And then we read the book of Philemon, which is a very interesting book. How come none of these guys ever wrote book. back? Say know? again? How come none of these guys ever wrote back? <laughs> I don't know. I wrote you, but you never wrote me I back. I know. I've wondered about this. Uh, yeah, and, of course. And, these, and Paul mentioned things in these letters when I was looking at and reading it today. Sure. That do not occur in the book of Acts. Right, exactly. Yeah. So it makes you wonder. So there are some things that either uh, took place after or that whoever wrote the book of Acts was not aware of. No doubt Something. about it. We, then, on the other hand, I don't know what you had for breakfast. Uh, that's true, too. You know, um, now, you know, someone needs to check me out on this. You mean but, you want us to know what you have for breakfast? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check me out. Go ahead. Someone call my home and talk to people. I, I know what I had. I had a well. I won't tell. I'll be advertising for the uh, uh-huh. for the breakfast sandwich I ate. I, I was I was up at five. We had to be out real early this morning out at Lackland, and so I just grabbed a quick sandwich on the way and oh. and I had it. Let me, let me let me say. Oh yes, please do not allow me to interrupt. You any, did any further. You did, and you made me forget what I was going to say. It really isn't all that hard. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It's not hard at all. No, but go right ahead. Uh, no, Philemon. I was just coming to the book of Philemon, and I know that you're going to want to comment on that because oh, yes. it, it's uh, every year every as we year. get to the book of Philemon. Yeah. Uh, uh, Philemon is a wealthy, evidently a wealthy businessman. In uh, what are you going to do? What? What is that? 
Well, he's a wealthy businessman. That was the that was the cash register. Oh, that was the word of the day. Yeah. <laughs> Remember Groucho, yeah, Groucho Marx. Name the tune. The yeah. word of the day. Name the magic word. Yeah, and, and the the duck would fall from the, right, out right. of the ceiling. There, that's, oh, that's crazy. Anyway, anyway, we're talking here about Philemon. 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 Uh, we've talked about Timothy, pastor Titus, pastor Philemon. Though was a businessman who was a member of the of the uh, church. Uh, oh, I've forgotten where he was. Maybe it'll show up in our uh, in there. Are we told what city he lived in? I don't know. The book bears the name of Philemon. He was this individual that Paul wrote to. Uh, and what happened was a rather very interesting situation. It's one of these coinky dinks of 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 life. We all have it. We run into somebody somewhere that oh I know him. Oh you know him. Oh and that's we we have a common friend. We both know the same person. Well, Paul is over in Rome. And he meets this fellow named Onesimus, who is a slave, which, as we've studied many, many times, um, what percentage of the people of the populace of the Roman Empire were living in slavery? memory serves, I think, one out of 12 or one out of 13 was actually a citizen. The others were slaves. All the others were slaves. So slavery was more or less the norm of those era of that time. Well, it was under the Romans. Paul, Yes, under the Romans. And Paul meets this young I assume he's a young man. I'm not sure. Onesimus. And Onesimus is a runaway slave. And Philemon, back wherever his hometown is, uh, evidently was the uh, man responsible. Uh, Onesimus working for Philemon. Paul writes this letter back to Philemon and says, um, Onesimus is coming back to you, but receive him as you would receive me. And and he encourages uh, Philemon. I, I I don't know what to make of it. We can look at it. Jacob always has some good things to say about that particular book. Um, but he's in essence, it looks to me like he's saying, we, you know, we need to put him in liberty. We he need to receive him as a personal favor. If there are any any bills or any payments, you know, put them on my account. I'll pay you for them. Uh, and so it looks like that he is making and, a plea. And that for, would then uh, secure the freedom of Onesimus? The freedom, the, to secure the freedom. Uh-huh. That's what it is, it is assumed or, or right. supposed, at oh, least. I, I get that idea. Actually, so, I was looking it up, and uh, it says evidently uh, Philemon mm-hmm. is, uh, it lived in a place called Colossae. Oh, the Colossians. All right, the letter to the Colossian church. Okay, well, there you go. Thank you for helping with that detail. Oh, Um, it's all written down. I just got to turn the page. (laughs) I know, I know. Uh, So anyway, we've got uh, Timothy, Titus, Philemon, and then uh, after those books, we are leaving the New Testament for a season and going back. the Bible. Picking up the Hebrew Scriptures, yes? yes? Then we get to the Bible. Then we go back <laughs> back to the Bible. Well, these uh, are letters. You know, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure, sure. These are letters. And uh, now we go back to the book of Isaiah, and we, Isaiah. Read, we read 14 chapters of the book of Isaiah well, sure this we past did. We'll week. just cover them all tonight. So we'll pick up on that as well. So there we go. This is the Bible Live. This uh, We'll be commenting on these passages. Of course, you can call us anytime during the hour if you have a question Listen, about I, I these Pen. Do you happen to know? I want to write down the number. If you have a question or comment about these passages about or these others, passages. in fact, you, if you have a, 
a general question about the scriptures, about the Bible in general, or another text or another passage, give us a call. That's what our, we're all about in this program is to try to help uh, restore this Bible, this book of book, this uh, uh, the, the foundation of Western civilization rests on the teachings and the, the worldview represented in this, in this book called the Bible. So if you'd like to give us a call about anything biblical, uh, what it means to know God and walk with God, the, the whole idea of a relationship with God, I would be glad to talk with you about that as well. Our phone number is, as Jacob always reminds me to give, 210 is the area code, 340-9585. So call us anytime during the next, uh, I'll usually say 90 minutes, but I guess we've, I'd say 80 83, 84 minutes. We'll say 83 and call it a deal. We'll call it a deal. So give us a call if you'd like. You can be a part of the program here at The Bible Live. Let's go, Jacob. Let's talk a little bit about uh, these New Testament letters. Uh, well, the one thing I noticed when I was looking at them today, uh-huh. I, I, was, I was reading them and I was, I was thinking, you know, the tone is such a stark difference from Galatians. Uh-huh. Boy, I'm thinking, here's a guy, Paul. He's really he likes these guys. He's not mad at them. Of course, he's also using the art, art of uh, you might say uh, a sort of a, a a pleasant but intimidating blackmail. <laughs> well, tell me about well, it. Well, because what he says is because you know, Tim, uh, there are people that do bad things, but you wouldn't do that. And I will be coming to visit. But if I am delayed, at least you'll have this letter to follow. So it's like saying, you know, I've done that with people. I'm sure we all have. So, yeah, well, I'm, I'll be over there, you know, so you do this right. And, but I'm coming. If I'm I'll, I'll be watching you yeah. now. <laughs> so, but, I, but, uh, but seriously, I noticed that uh, he likes these guys. These are guys yeah. that he's training. Well, yeah, he, yeah he, he cares about them deeply. He really oh. does. And uh, I, I think, you know, uh, I, I don't know if that's what you're kind of insinuating here, but I think he cared cared about the – Believers in Corinth and Colossae and Ephesus. I, I think he cared oh, I, about I don't them. He, think, uh, no, I'm just saying that uh-huh. I think he was frustrated and put out, at, like the Galatians. Yeah, yeah. But I don't detect that. It's such a stark <clears throat> difference uh, with Timothy. I see. Well, there is there there is this constant warning throughout Paul's letters. In fact, is f- frankly throughout the Bible, with, uh, Old and New Testaments. What, what are the one of the the constant warnings of the old, of the Hebrew scriptures. What are the what are the prophets Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel? All of, what what are they constantly warning the people of in the in the Old Testament? Well, they're constantly saying, and we're going to get to Isaiah, which is a fine example of them not doing it. The Jews made a covenant with God. They're supposed to obey the laws of God, uh-huh. and when they're not. You know, it seems that it puts a strain on the God's good nature. Go, things don't go so well. But the constant warning, the one I'm alluding to at uh, least. Oh, you're alluding. It false, I am alluding. Yeah. Uh, the false, false prophets. I mean, they're constantly warning about oh, these yeah, that's false all. prophets, sure. false messengers, you know, giving a false message. And the same thing, we see Jesus doing the same thing, warning the people about false teachers, false, you know, the Pharisees, false yeah. priests, and so on. And then we see Paul doing the same thing, and I think that is that's just part and parcel of the world we live in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I constantly make allusion. 
allude. I'm using that word too much, aren't I? Oh no, I I, I would encourage you three or four more times. We'll, we, I, can, we can handle uh, it, and then finally you'll understand what it means. Maybe, yeah. maybe if I use it a few more times, uh-huh. you'll get it. Probably, maybe you could lace it up <laughs> with the phone number or something. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, the idea is that uh, there is this constant. Uh, Reminder that there are false teachers. There are ah. a false message. So here's and that my we live question. In a, so go we, ahead. Go ahead. This is to you. Yeah. You are on the hot plate. Sure. Um, how would you know if it's a false teacher or not? Everybody says, oh, watch out for the false teacher. I have My yet. answer to that yes, question right ahead. is that if it falls in line with what the prophets and, and the apostles and and if it falls in line with what the Bible teaches, uh-huh. then so you're, I trust you're it. taking course of a New Testament thing a view of when you say it falls in line with the apostles. We're talking about the apostles. Sure, the Bible, the whole Bible. All right, okay. Genesis All right. to Revelation. Okay, All there's right. not a Hebrew Bible in a Christian Bible. Uh, okay. There may be a Hebrew Bible. I'm, uh, that's a, but. Well, it's it's okay. I heard that Jesus carried the King James. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's good enough for Jesus. Good yeah, enough for good. me. That's right. <laughs> that's right. At any rate, uh, but no. See, all joking aside, uh, see, my answer would be different than yours. Okay. But you didn't ask me. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I got I got to remember the question now. Uh-huh. Okay, how would you know a false teacher from a true dependable teacher? Ah, I would know only if I had studied the Bible. And, okay. and I would only then be able to tell the di- distinction between a false and a true if I knew basically what, let's say, God's laws were. If I knew and somebody was telling me something different. In fact, I may, I must tell you an interesting segue. Uh, Shopee, are you going to sleep? <laughs> no, oh, but here, recently, uh, uh the one candidate, uh, they like to call him Mayor Pete, but his you know, name is yeah. Peter, Peter Buttag. He, yeah. uh, he said, uh, he said, he quoted something about you're not supposed to oppress uh, the, the workers or something like that. And there's an example. He quoted it, mm-hmm. but he obviously does not know what that's referring to or what it means. And the minute I heard it, I thought, well, let's see if he explains. And then I realized he was misdirecting it. And he actually does not know what that verse is talking about. Now, that would be an example. I'm not. I'm not taking a political position. No, I understand perfectly what you say. It's becoming, it's becoming a, uh, a common uh, in this culture of America where we revere the Bible. The Bible has been a part of our formation right. and so on. Now, uh, everybody's trying to quote the Bible and right. use the Bible to to. To um, bolster their, their point their of view, yeah. and and that's why it, it's up to us as believers. We must be very, very informed. We must know this book. We must know God's word, and we must be able to recognize mm-hmm. when anyone quotes a passage and so on. And we we need to be able to go. Okay, let me see. Is that what that really means? Is well, that what it know, really says? Do you know what's so interesting? When we get to Isaiah tonight, the example we're talking about this very second exactly. is going to be exactly what happened with American politicians after 9-11. They quote something from Isaiah, and every one of them obviously had speechwriters. <clears throat> Pardon me. And they uh, they are misquoting it, and they're quoting the bad guys who are rebelling against God. Yeah. Now, example. I was thinking about the, what they call the Mayor Pete when he uh, quoted, shall not sell oppress somebody. <clears throat> Pardon me. I'm sorry. Um, 
oppress is not pay their wages after they worked. And he's using it like he just gives stuff to people. And right. so I'm thinking, wait a minute, you don't withhold their wages. And it really has a second-level meaning. It says you do not charge them money if they're a runaway slave uh-huh. in order to hide them. That's what that's about. But obviously he doesn't know that. No, no. And, but, and that's what I'm saying that as God's people, we must really be on the lookout well, because if here's, not. Here's my further point. The people listening. That's it, what we're talking about right yeah. now. The people listening may not know if they don't know what that's referring exactly to. Exactly right. And that's how a false teacher, a false prophet, if you will, exactly. gets away with this junk. He either misquotes, that would be the most obvious, or he takes something out of its context and makes it, which is what we're going to see in the book of Isaiah. Yes, I think that's is. what they do. They yes, take it, it totally out of its context, and they make I mean, it really, it, it, once you see it, and, and hang on, folks, when we get into our discussion of the book of Isaiah, uh, Jacob will explain it to you. But once you see it, you think, goodness gracious, that's right. They, they're they just using a, a text as a pretext. That's and right. a, a text taken out of its context is a pretext. It's just, you're just using it to make whatever point you find. And you could, I've heard all my life growing up, I've heard people say, well, you can prove anything with the Bible. You can make it say anything. Yes. And I used to, I used to say, no, that's not true. The Bible says what it says, you know. Right. But I realize now you can. You can. People have turned the Bible on its head. They've, they've taken a verse out of context. They've misquoted it. Well, and they make it say something that, in fact, it actually says the opposite. It does. In Many fact, times. that's the example we'll get to when we get to Isaiah. It's a fantastic example of what our very prominent American politicians did. And they all were quoting it. And it's all out of context. And it's wrong. Exactly you can right. Google it, and I'll tell people where to All go. All right. Google well, it. we'll we'll find that. We'll look at it when we get to our discussion of but the book of talk, Isaiah. Talk about Timothy right, a little bit. Right more. now, we're coming up. Talk about what? Timothy. Okay, we're coming up on the uh, on the, our break in just a moment. We can get kind of launch an idea or two. Well, maybe I always think of the song, Timothy. Where on earth did you go? You know that song? Don't know it. Oh, Never heard it. John, did you, you write that, that song? song? John, don't you tell me. You Even John, if John doesn't know it, it's not true. It's ah, not a song. John, are you being a false prophet? <laughs> uh, the, uh, but, okay. Uh, it's a song, and they, he was there all in a cave. But it's a popular well, song. Well, maybe we can find it on and the— And they ate him. Well, let's go That's look where at the, he went. Let's go look at the Google. Okay. Let's Google this. <laughs> look, all right. Google but, hey, but, and then we'll see if we can find this song well, about I Timothy. I like about Timothy is he gives him all these instructions. And quite frankly— like in chapter 1, verse 10, he cites uh, certain requirements. And then he goes on to talk about what a deacon is. In fact, you ask a question, don't you? Yeah, what does the word deacon uh-huh. mean? And, and I think the definitions you're going to find First 1 Timothy 3, 8 and okay. 3, 12. What, oh, are we gonna, what does it say? Okay, you want me to read it? The, yeah, please. Okay. 3, 8 is, uh, deacons likewise must be men of uh, dignity. Not double-tongued or addicted to much wine or foul or sordid game. Twelve, deacons must be husbands of only one wife and good managers of their children and their own households. That doesn't say one wife at a time, right? That's <laughs> just no, one wife. But, yeah, you know, we, we can talk about that because this is, is a discussion in some congregations now that we in our culture. But there it is. Those are what he says. A deacon is one who serves uh, in the local congregation. We first saw them named uh, deacons in the church in Jerusalem back in the book of Acts. 
uh, so that the apostles could do their work of teaching and guiding the people. Uh, the deacons were there to serve uh, meals and take care of the, uh, the widows and so on. Well, we'll come back and finish with some discussion of the book of Timothy and Titus and then on into the book of Isaiah. Don't go away. The Bible Live will continue. Dr. Stan Shelton, with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway, has taken care of the Dollar family, that's Suzanne and me, plus our three children, for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. Whatever you have, give it to Jesus and see what He can do. Hello again, and welcome to another word of encouragement from Our Daily Bread. Our reading was written by David Roper, and it's titled, Loaves and Fishes. A young boy came home from church and announced, with great excitement, that the lesson had been about a boy who loafed and fished all day. He, of course, was thinking of the little boy who offered his loaves and fish to Jesus. Jesus had been teaching the crowds all day, and the disciples suggested he send them into the village to buy bread. Jesus replied in Matthew fourteen sixteen, You give them something to eat. The disciples were perplexed, for there were more than 5,000 to be fed. You may know the rest of the story. A boy gave his lunch, five small loaves of bread and two fish, and with it Jesus fed the crowd. One school of thought contends that the boy's generosity simply moved others in the crowd to share their lunches. But Matthew clearly intends us to understand that this was a miracle, and the story appears in all four Gospels. What can we learn Family, neighbors, friends, colleagues, and others stand around us in varying degrees of need. Should we send them away to those who are more capable than we are? Certainly, some people's needs exceed our ability to help them, but not always. Whatever you have, a hug, a kind word, a listening ear, a brief prayer, some wisdom you've gathered, give it to Jesus and see what He can do. Today's encouragement was provided by Our Daily Bread Ministries. If you're looking for a church to call home, start your search with the church directory at am630theword.com. There you'll find hundreds of churches near you. Churches like Agape Christian Church, Trinity Baptist, River City Community Church, Calvary Chapel of San Antonio, Freedom Fellowship, Riverview Cavalry Chapel, His Life Fellowship, Alamo City Bible Church, and Calvary Chapel Solid Rock. Or make sure your home church is listed so others can find you. It's the church directory at am630theword.com. Hey, this is Bob Olszewski. Thanks for listening to Plugged In. Beyonce is back and shining with her latest song, Spirit, one of the tracks from the newest live-action movie version of The Lion King. It features Beyonce and incorporates singers from Nigeria, South Africa, Ghana, and Cameroon. This song powerfully channels its African roots as it focuses on hope, perseverance, and God. Whoa, 
here is a sweeping tune, and Christians will likely hear the song's lyrics as a call to seek a deeper relationship with God, one that empowers and encourages us to become the people He intends us to be. For a full review of the song, visit PluggedIn.com slash radio. I'm Bob Olaszewski for Focus on the Families, Plugged In. Find out more about your favorite programs and the ministries on AM630 The Word by going to the program guide at am630theword.com. There, you'll get connected to the ministry website, email, and phone number. Plus, find out when your favorite show airs on the program guide at am630theword.com. The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. All right, we are back. This is The Bible Live, and we are discussing the books of First and Second Timothy, uh, Titus, and Philemon, and then we'll go and pick up a number of chapters from the book of Isaiah. Um, Timothy... You were just showing me, uh, we were looking at this in the Scriptures, Timothy was circumcised by Paul. Uh, it, we look in the book of Acts, following the council, the, this very important council that we have referenced a number of times, right. found in Acts chapter right. 15. And we had just learned that uh, they, uh, Paul's argument, which he won the trial on, mm-hmm. Acts 15, the non-Jews, the Gentiles, did not have to be circumcised. And immediately in the next chapter... He gets poor little Timothy circumcised. circumcised. But I, I can see Timothy saying, "Didn't we win this trial? Didn't yeah? Didn't, didn't you just say yeah. uh, the? Now we do know Timothy, of course, has a uh, Jewish mother. There you go, and a Greek, Greek father, Greek. Yeah. and that's found there in, in Acts Greek. chapter sixteen. Yeah. He's a Greek. And so uh, the the point is, is he didn't have to be circumcised. But even if they said they didn't have to be, it doesn't mean that no one, if they wanted to be uh-huh. circumcised, right? But the distinction between Acts 15, where Paul says you don't have to be, mm-hmm. and he's right, mm-hmm. and 16 is exactly what you just said. Uh, Timothy's mom is Eunice. That's mm-hmm. her name, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, she is Jewish. Now... So Paul is obviously making the distinction between uh, a Christian non-Jew and a Christian Jew. Uh huh. So he's saying, so okay, so he's showing everybody that you can believe that what I'm saying is also for the Jews from Paul's point of view, because look, uh, you know, uh, Timothy showed them. Right. And, <laughs> I wonder how how Timothy felt about being used as an example. Yeah, I was going to say. Now, wait, is, isn't there somebody else around yeah, that can – Do we have to talk about this in public all Yeah, time? exactly. It's in but, a book. We read about it for thousands of yeah. years here. But oh, so what guy. we got is – and here's an interesting point. Mm-hmm. Nowhere in the Bible, nowhere, nowhere does it say, expressly say what part of a man's body is circumcised. Nowhere. It it'll we don't know if it's your finger, your little finger, your nose. Well, we do know. 
But how? That's my point. How is it that the Christians can <laughs> maybe that talk comes about back it? to the topic we said before about reading things into the scriptures? We don't, well, you know. actually, I want my point is this: there are things that have to be understood by tradition. What's explained and passed down. There's not a person, not a Christian in the world, not a preacher in the world. I think that I couldn't say circumcision. He knows exactly what I'm talking about, yet it doesn't state it in the Bible. So where did he learn it? And it is correct. We know it's not the finger or the ear. So somebody told him. So that tradition, that oral understanding was passed down. So there are certain things that are passed down. Yeah, and I assume there are probably my I guess my assumption would be, but probably there are a number of things that there are that we haven't thought about because I've never thought about that. That the fact that the Bible never actually never says, says what circumcision and in fact is. it talks about the wedding rings, <clears throat> it talks about tombstones, all that's from Genesis. But don't in the book uh, somewhere in Genesis didn't they circumcise all the young men in a certain village and then they. They waited until they were tender and from the operation, and, you're, you're and then they killed them? You're talking about uh, where the, uh, the, the rape of Diana. Shechem, in the little uh, yeah, town of right. Shechem. In the, uh, but yeah. the point is, see, we're talking about it, but we don't – it never says But it never actually says. I see. I see. So, but we all know. Now, for example, also it'll say you're supposed to do the animal offering uh-huh. and you slaughter it in the customary method. Search the Bible. Where does it say the customary method? It does not. <laughs> so somebody had to tell somebody. Somebody had to tell somebody. Right. That's good. So, I get that. I get that. I understand it. That's I know you do. That's good. Well, um, let's go. Let's go with Timothy and Titus and Philemon here quickly. Uh, Timothy, young preacher. I, if I remember correctly, he pastored the church on the Isle of Crete. Uh, yeah, who did? Uh, Timothy, or was it Titus? Titus. Titus. That was Titus. Yes, you're right again. Timothy Titus. pastored the church in Ephesus. Uh-huh, yes. yes. And he left, uh, Paul left him in Ephesus, right. which is not mentioned in the book of Acts, so somehow it got left out. But at any rate, he did leave Timothy there to keep teaching. In fact, do you happen to have a Bible with you I, this evening? I, in fact, do I have a Bible? Do you, is that a brand new Bible? It's a brand new Bible. Yeah, my what, what, my what, grandson what, what model took is my it? other Bible to heaven. Ah, uh, I remember when he did that. He was uh, bless his little heart. You might say heart. he was running around the living room spreading the word. Yeah, right. <laughs> bless his little heart. But I think we should explain to people he's only three years. So. Yeah, he was only he was three not, years he's old. He's not twenty-seven and mad at grandpa. <laughs> no, no, no. But now I got a brand new, beautiful, brand new uh, Bible. What, what, what brand? A is new living. Translation the new NLT? from from Tyndale Publishers. Yes, ah. an NLT, and they NLT. they sent me a replacement. Isn't that oh, nice? Aren't they nice to the, isn't yeah. that nice to them? It's beautiful. Yeah. Okay, look at chapter four of First Timothy. Look at that. That is such an interesting. Oh, I'm passage. right there. I'm already on that. Oh, that's Second Timothy. Hang on. Well, let me get back. Chapter there it is. First Timothy. Look at Timothy. The first couple of uh, two or three verses. Now the Holy Spirit. Tells us clearly that in the last times some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars, and their consciences are dead. They will say it is wrong to be married and wrong to eat certain foods. But God created those foods to be eaten with thanks by faithful people who knew who know the truth. Since everything God created is good, we should not reject any of it, but receive it with thanks. For we know it is made acceptable by the word of God and prayer. Is that enough? I think so. But I, what I find fascinating is that this is actually telling Timothy, Paul is mm-hmm. the author. He's saying, look, uh, we know 
I left you in emphasis to take take care of a bunch of stuff. And you got to watch these people because they're really into idol worshiping. And also, I want to tell you, but in the end, you lose. This is what's going to take place. So when you stop and you read that, you think, wow, he's saying this is going to take place. In fact, there's a passage that we'll look at in Isaiah also talking about, quote-unquote, the Messiah. But it distinguishes between the end of days and the Messiah. They're not the same thing. So anyway, but here it is here. In, so Timothy, it's, I find that fascinating that he talks about that. And, uh, and, and, he, and he tells, of course, as you point out, uh, how Timothy should take care of uh, older people, how he has to address them, address them with respect. With respect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and be respectful and honoring to a female, to women in the congregations, right. both the elderly and uh, you know, young women, to be respectful of them. Uh, this is, it's just a great book. I, I, it, it's really called a pastoral, these pastoral epistles. And Paul gives a great deal of guidance for these young men who are in, in ministry. They are pastoring and leading young churches. And he talks to them about some of these principles of being a good pastor, uh, of caring for the people, of being respectful of the people, and so on. He gives them a great advice, of, for example, of key, purity for them to be, be careful not to give even the appearance of, of wrongdoing. Uh, this is why our Vice President Pence, for example, and other many people in the ministry uh, over many, many years, uh, I, I remember Bill Bright used to talk to us as, as staff of Campus Crusade for Christ, and he would talk about the idea of, you know, don't be alone. That's why in our in our particular ministry, generally speaking, men do not disciple or mentor uh, ladies, and ladies don't disciple or work with men. They, we, men disciple men, women disciple women. Uh, generally, it doesn't mean we never talk or anything. It's nothing weird. But the idea is that there is a there is a uh, a care given for appearances and for, of course, the weakness of the human being. So that uh, well, you know, recently, and I'm not going to call uh-huh. any names, of course, but a, a lady said to me, she said. Isn't that funny about uh, Vice President Pence? And I said, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And she said, well, he says he doesn't want to have dinner uh, alone with a woman and have drinks and all that. And she said, I guess he just thinks he can't control himself. And I said, you know, I find it fascinating that you want to make a decision how he lives his life, but you would object of him telling you how to live your life. But I do think you ought to get your mind out of the gutter because he didn't say anything about that. He said, I'm not having dinner. Maybe it's the food he's concerned about. I don't <laughs> No, I, I, I suspect it is the whole idea of appearances. And, of course, as we all know, false, false accusations can be made. They do. Uh, made and sometimes. so uh, it is a, it's probably the better part of uh, – of um, intelligence and wisdom to to take care and, well, and if you're I, in that uh, position. I, I got to say that uh, it's always, always good. It's like I've I've known people that go out and they were alcoholics and they go to a bar and then they say, oh, I don't know what happened. I, I accidentally started drinking. You ask them, where were you? And they said, well, I was in the bar. <laughs> and I said, but you knew where you were going when you went there. <laughs> yes. And that kind of thing. You know what happens in a bar, right? <laughs> and the risk of destroying you know, even adultery, if it does take place, sure. sometimes attractions do happen. Yeah. 
and it's not good. You have to safeguard against that kind of right, thing, and right. I, I think that's a good idea. Well, that's one of the things Paul tells Timothy. Avoid the very appearance in of fact, evil. Speaking Don't put of yourself that, in this situation. Look at chapter 4, verse 12 and 13. Yes, I'm sorry, 12 and 13. I'd like to ask you a question about that. Well, look at verse 13 is one of the verses that supports this, this radio program. It says... Oh. Uh, uh, let me see. Let me, uh, where did I do it? I just had it. it. Paul tells Timothy, until I get there, Timothy, focus on reading the scriptures to the church. That's what we do Monday through Friday, every Except, night. Except here's we something I, that's what I want to ask mm-hmm. you. Now, these letters were written before the Gospels. Mm-hmm. So the Gospels did not exist. So when he's telling him read the scriptures, what in the world scriptures is he talking about? I have a feeling he's talking about Genesis, Exodus, oh, Leviticus, Numbers, Yeah, of course. Yeah. So that's what it's talking about. And over and over in these letters, it's making references, except the the Gospels, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was not written until after these letters. So he's got to be referring to what we yeah. call the mm-hmm. Old Testament. Well, letter. if you look at P- in the book of Peter, I, I – I don't know. We'll get to it when we read First and Second Peter, right. but uh, Peter includes Paul's letters uh, in the scriptures. He says, "You know, read the scriptures," and he and in that yes. context, he he includes the letters that Paul wrote as part of the scriptures, which was quite interesting for being as early as it was to be right. recognized uh, even at that era as part of God's word, part right. of the scriptures. Uh, but anyway, that that. Verse uh, chapter four, verse thirteen. I think it is. Until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures. Read the Bible to the church, and encouraging the believers and teaching them. That's what we do uh, Monday through Friday, folks. At this great station right here at nine thirty in the evening, Monday through Friday. Uh, on this very channel. On this very channel, at we read through the that? entire Bible. Uh, to what time? A, a, a nine thirty in the evening. AM 630 and this channel, and, this channel and we we read a 15 to 20 minute reading every wow. week night every every night the entire Monday bible every year I'll be darned the entire bible can wow. you yeah Man, so I wouldn't the, even have to buy one then, no no well you might want to follow along of wow. course but uh, there's so many of our listeners I bet who, who have all their lives they said I'm going to read the bible I really want to read the bible someday I, I but you know we never get around to it and right. you know that sort of thing well I'll read it to you and for you just join with us Monday through Friday 9:30 at uh, this station a.m. 630, and we will read through the Bible every year together. And about the second or third year that you do that with us, I can promise you, I, I really can, with all good authority uh, of experience, I can promise you something magical will happen in your life. You'll start, I'm not, I'm saying everything's going to go good for you. That's not, that's a crazy promise. But I will tell you this, you'll begin to think biblically. You'll begin to, to interpret, uh, your daily life, the people you meet, the things, the situations you come into, the things that happen around you, and in our world, you'll begin to interpret them and understand them through the grid of the biblical worldview. That is, the God of the Bible. God is here. He's doing His work, and you'll be you'll begin to look behind behind the news stories, and you'll begin you'll be able to understand so many things going on in your own personal life and in the world at large. Because you understand the scriptures, who God is and what God is doing and why God is doing it. 
and how God functions and how God operates, as we see there in the scriptures so many times. And you'll be you'll begin to think biblically. It's a wonderful development uh, that you begin to uh, see the world and your the world your world your own daily life through the grid of biblical truth, uh, knowing that the God of the Bible is there all around you, doing what He does, doing what He's always done, and uh, you can be uh, you can experience that. And collaborate with God in in His work in and through and with your own life. Yeah, speaking of it's that, a wonderful in truth. both uh, these First and Second Timothy, uh-huh. like in chapter one, verse one, uh, Paul Second calls, Timothy or first? Well, actually, first and second. Okay, he calls himself an apostle. Right. Well, an apostle is actually somebody that was with Jesus or was taught by Him. Uh huh. So this is another affirmation of Paul's. He's saying, "Look, I did. I was taught by Jesus Himself, but after He was dead." Right. Yeah. So he's actually saying that. So that's a fascinating thing. So he's he's absolutely, as we learned last week in Galatians, that he actually takes the position that he, you know, and we know from the book of Acts that that's his position. In fact, he says that uh, uh, something fascinating. He also says he was an apostle of God and Jesus, the, the appointed one that was sent by him. Uh-huh. And that's the only place in any of the place in the New Testament he says it. Isn't that interesting? Very interesting. And, of course, uh, the apostles, the, the, the actual, I guess the actual uh, etymology of the word, the meaning of the word, is sent ones, right? Yeah, yeah. They're sent. And, and of course, it was Jesus who said, uh, "Go as you're going into all the world, preach this gospel. Take this gospel to every human being on the planet. And uh, that is the, what is called the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28. Verses eighteen to twenty, uh, and so that we are sent. Now, in another sense, we are all sent ones. We, we, are, as believers, but, unless you personally are taught, taught by Jesus, the strict, classical definition. Yeah, of exactly. Apostle, yeah, you can be a disciple, you can be a deacon, you can be a preacher, but according to the under, church understanding, and I'm not taking mm-hmm. position one or the other. I'm just repeating. Understand. Uh, that an apostle, somebody had to be there, taught by Jesus. That's an apostle, right? The apostles, and but uh, but I'm just saying, in that kind of in that vein, all of us are sent ones in the sense that we are all commanded to to go and make disciples. We're called to share the the, the gospel, the good news of the gospel, with other people. We help other people come into that confident, secure relationship with yeah, God. But, now, did did the was that part of the Jewish understanding of their role of their of their uh, covenant with God? Were they supposed to not only keep the laws themselves, but weren't they no. intended to be an influence to to teach others about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, sure. and help others come into yeah. that relationship as of well? Course. I I think David did that very in in, in his life. He. He's, it seems that he did have a very strong spiritual influence right. on a number of different. Even uh, I remember the king of Aram. Uh, that I remember the, he converted he, Goliath. <laughs> he, he taught a lot. Uh, Goliath, yeah, Goliath a very said, good lesson. Uh, a bunch of bad things about the God of Israel, and David's answer is, "Well, you uncircumcised Philistine." And then you might say he converted him. Yeah. I, he, he did. Uh, <laughs> you, but, he did. In fact, yeah. but but was that part of the understanding? Well, sure. of the, You're supposed to be a light to the world. A light to the world. Yeah. And the problem is, if that's your deal, if that's your part of your covenant, uh-huh. and you're not doing it, now you see why that God regards that as a breach 
and the letdown of his word, his covenant. So therefore, that's what happens in the land of Israel. That's why, like when we get to Isaiah, and then uh, later on, of course, uh, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, that's all about not keeping your word once you make your covenant. Mm-hmm. Now, that's why every child comes along, and they have to. They certainly are uh, Jewish, and they're bound by that covenant of the ancestors, but they ratify it. And that's what the circumcision and all that kind of stuff is about. They become part of it themselves. And so they, too, become the uh, the, the person to carry the, the word on. And they're supposed to be. It's part of the deal. And if you breach that word, it's sort of like being sued for breach of contract, you might say. Yeah, it's part of our responsibility. But at the same time, it, it, it's a tremendous privilege to be. Uh, I think Paul to the Corinthians says that we are ambassadors. That that we uh, an ambassador doesn't have authority in and of himself. He right. he only speaks. He doesn't make up a message, or he only speaks the message given to him by his sovereign and his his national leader. So well, we not only we have the privilege of being ambassadors. Were, I thought you're driving at something else, and the answer is what I thought you're driving at is yes. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> but but I, but I thought you were driving at because all even today, among especially in the Orthodox world, you'd say, if there's a great teacher, and there's there's many of them, uh-huh. they have their students, and they were, and the students will always say, uh, I was taught in the name of, and they'll name the, his teacher, and then he might say, who taught in the name of? In other words, don't steal the ideas. Make sure you're giving credit to who the guy that taught you called plagiarism if you don't do that, right? Is yeah, that well, it's, the technical it, word? I guess it would be. Speaking of that, okay. would you like to see another thing in the book of Titus? Look at chapter uh, 1, let's verse Let's go one. to Titus then, yeah. Right. Look at what he says, chapter 1, verse 1. Okay, let me get to it. Uh, uh, Titus do you is, happen to have a Bible with you this evening? Oh, come on. You know I do. I'm turning to it right now. This letter is from Paul. A slave of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, I have been sent to proclaim faith to those God has chosen and to teach them to know the truth that shows them how to live godly lives. Now, I like the translation better than slave. It's, it comes from a Hebrew word, eved, but that can be translated depending on the choice and uh-huh. skill of the translator. Uh-huh. It can be slave or bondservant, though I'm looking at the one I like a little bit better. Uh-huh, and no problem. Paul, a bondservant of God. Now, that's the only place in the Bible that Paul says, I'm a bondservant of God. Uh-huh. Isn't that fast? Now, there's a verse that's nowhere out in the Bible. He, he's always a bondservant of Jesus. But this time he says, I'm a bondservant of God. And an apostle of Jesus Christ. And an apostle of Jesus, yes. Uh-huh. Which means I was taught by him. He showed up you know, after he resurrected and taught me. And so I, that's how I got my knowledge. But, so that's why I didn't have to go to see all the guys in Jerusalem, because he was taught personally, he said. So, uh, in chapter 1, verse 1, he says, I'm a bondservant of God. And as far as I know, and I could be wrong, if somebody wants to call and tell me I'm wrong, first tell Soapy they're wrong, then I will listen. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I, I think that's the only place in the Bible where Paul ever refers to himself as being a bondservant, or if you like, slave of God. Yeah, in other passages he talks about being a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. Which, which brings up, I think, an interesting uh, thing to notice about the Scriptures in general. Uh, I, actually, I was talking to um, this morning, I, I taught several classes out at Lackland with 
we had about 2,000 airmen that came through our classes, and just a, a great, great morning. But we're talking about this uh, who Jesus was and, and and who Jesus is. And on the one hand, uh, as we understand, at least from the Scriptures, the, the Scriptures teach that Jesus was God incarnate. He was indeed uh, uh, the second person of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, the Spirit. He was the Son of God, as, as John tells us in his gospel over and over again. So there is one role or one hat that Jesus wears is that he is the eternal Son of God, uh, eternally existent with all the attributes of deity and so on. But he 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 became flesh. We read it in the Gospel of John. The Word became flesh and dwelled among us. So God, uh, he voluntarily left off the free exercise of his divine prerogatives and initiatives and authority and power as God, and he humbled himself and, and do, took on himself the form of a servant of a human being. That's what Paul explains in Philippians chapter 2. So there was an, another hat that Jesus wears is not only is he eternal God and son of God, but Jesus did not come to planet Earth simply to prove to everybody that he was God. That wasn't that wasn't the reason Messiah came to earth, to prove he was God. He came to earth to carry out a very specific role, and that is to live out the perfect, sinless life of a man, uh, a man of faith walking in total submission uh, and total dependence and trust and faith in God, God the Father and God the Spirit at work in and through his life. So, so, in that, so that's a different role. Uh, it's the same person, but that's Jesus in his role as the Son of Man, the, in his role as the Messiah, and to do which is it's the same person, but these were two different identities that he has in a way, and and so um, it, it's important for us to understand that because sometimes in the Bible, it, Paul and, and others will talk about Jesus in his role as God, and other times it will refer to Jesus in his role as the Messiah, as a man of faith. And we have to know which one he's talking to, be able to to look in the context of the verse and find out, is he talking about one or the other, or is he maybe talking about both roles, the one person who served and carried out those both roles. There's our music. We've got to get, get out of here for this segment. They went by too fast, Jacob. We'll come back and uh, let's just finish up on Titus and Philemon and then take a look at these opening chapters of Isaiah. Don't go well, folks. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Bob Lapine. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger. He who believes in me shall not thirst. No one can come to me unless my Father draw him, and I will raise him up, and I will raise you're listening to the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. Raise him up on the last All 
right, we are back. Final segment of the Bible Live broadcast. Is this the final segment? This is a I thought last I minutes. That. If you have anything to say, you better speak now or forever hold your peace until next Sunday evening. Uh-huh. Well, let's go to the book. We've talked Timothy and uh-huh. Titus. Uh-huh. Let's talk about this little book. We didn't say a lot about Titus. Maybe that would be better if we did. He was a pastor of the congregation on the Isle of Crete. And uh, he was a rough place to work, you know. <laughs> like Hawaii, they're, maybe? they're all full of a bunch of crooks and cons. That's why they call it concrete, you know. <laughs> oh, you got some good ones. I have to know. Uh, so Paul is talking to Timothy and Titus. He's telling them to to uh, to walk with God, to know God as Savior, as. Uh, Okay, and to we walk, did Titus. To teach, other, <laughs> te- teach the older men, teach the older women, teach the young men, teach the slaves. Uh, there was this, there's this constant admonition to teach, teach to teach, teach them about God and help them to know God and walk with God. Okay, okay. So uh, there we had Titus' role, his work in Crete, promote right teaching, guard against false teachers, do what is good. It's, okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's no. go to Philemon real quick. Let's real quick. Just quickly. Okay. He writes this letter. You've always warned us every year, every year. about this idea uh, of slavery uh, and, and uh, the the Jewish posture. You had problems with Tim, with this book early on. You I had did. problems with Paul sending the slave back to Philemon. Yeah, I didn't like that one. Didn't like that one. No. I still don't. I'm not still not comfortable with it. But as you point out, that if he's a thief. And that's the only way you can be a slave in the Jewish uh-huh. world. There's only two ways to be a slave. Uh-huh. There's no such thing as kidnapping, buying, and selling. That's a death penalty. It says death in Exodus. Uh-huh. But um, you either borrow money. You know, I need my wife needs surgery. Uh-huh. i got to pay for it. I'll work for it a year or two years, whatever. Or I'm a thief, and I can't pay off what I stole, so i got to work off the value of it. That's the only two ways. So mm-hmm. as you pointed out to me one time, you said, well, he's obviously a thief. And I said, okay, he's a thief. And the way the thief take, gets out of being a bond servant or a slave, uh-huh. if you like, but it's a limited period till that debt's paid off, uh, is that it's paid. So I think it's fairly clear that when it says uh, in uh, chapter 1, there's only one chapter, oh, uh-huh. and verse 18, he says, If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge that to my account. Now, I think Paul's saying, look, if he stole your radio and he, and he owes you 200 bucks, I'll pay the 200 bucks. Now he doesn't have to be your slave anymore. Right. So Paul must have had a few bucks, huh? I must have. And he says, I, Paul, this is interesting. I've, I've always thought this was it, it, it's almost in formal writing. I, Paul, write this with my own hand, I, his own signature. I will repay it. And, and then kind of parenthetically. And I won't even mention that you owe me your, very, right. <laughs> you owe you me know, your very soul. <laughs> that's right. So, I mean, Paul's saying, I'll pay it. I'll pay it. Uh, don't worry. I'm not going to mention how much you owe me. <laughs> so, the, I mean, that's almost like Chris and the guy's arm. Okay, Paul, I'll let the guy go. You don't have to pay me. Scratch the debt. <laughs> yeah. But it is there. And, and uh, Paul but, obviously. But the, but the interesting dynamics of this is, is that it's obviously paying something that he owes, which is yep. the absolute 100% one of the only two ways, and it's a thief, that uh, a, in the Jewish world a person could be a bond servant or a slave. And how you came at peace with Paul who was sending him back. 
to his owner, if you want to put it in those terms, because yeah. uh, you always had trouble with that. But but if indeed he is paying off that debt, to, so I, I, he says, I am confident as I write this letter to you, Philemon, that you will do what I ask and even more. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> One so. more thing, he says, please prepare a guest room for me, for I am hoping that God will answer your prayers and let me return to you soon. Uh, just a precious letter. I, I mean, honestly, just a good personal, deep personal appeal uh, for the welfare of this young man. I, I assume he's a young man, Philemon. And uh, it, it's just an example of of goodness. Paul uh-huh. writing to this businessman. And 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 uh, trusting and expecting him to do the right thing and do the good and just and and kind thing, and uh, well, I find Paul is not above a little uh, what you might call polite twisting ar- of the arm twisting. Yeah. <laughs> he was probably uh, would would Paul be considered a lawyer? He was a lawyer. Okay, yeah. <laughs> takes one to know one, doesn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah, he was. Uh, in fact, I think that's why he had a bar mitzvah. Of course, in a lot of bar mitzvahs, a whole bunch more bar than there is mitzvah. <laughs> more bar than mitzvah, yeah. Well, let's go to Isaiah. Oh, if you insist. Back, back into Not the... Not that I've been waiting to get there. I know there. I know right, that you have... First of all, I want to start off on something. Okay. I want to tell you, so, several times since I've been doing this show with you, uh-huh. I have been, and I've remarked on this, how often there's like a serendipity or a coincidence how you stage something from, let's say, the... New Testament and the Tanakh or the Old Testament, uh-huh. and and I've talked about how this kind of segues so perfectly. Sometimes I'm I'm, I'm so brilliant. I did that on purpose. You, well, I mean, you, okay, then I was. Gonna, I wish I could say I, that, but no. Well, let me tell you about Isaiah. Okay. Now, actually, uh, the version you got does it say in chapter one, verse one, the vision of Isaiah? I believe it does. Uh-huh. But I'll go and look. Okay. I'll go check out. That's very important to us. Okay, Isaiah chapter one, uh-huh. verse one says. Mm-hmm. These are the visions that Isaiah, son of Amos, okay. Okay, saw. so the vision is what I'm after. So we start off with the word vision. as hazon in Hebrew. Not that mm-hmm. that's important. But I want to tell you, Isaiah, this portion, is always read before the Sabbath, before the ninth of Av. Now, the ninth of Av, believe it or not, is, it rotates like any other date. And if I, I believe, I think I'm pretty correct on this. I think it actually occurs this next Saturday, so it'll be on that day. But let's say it occurred on Wednesday, if it did, then you'd read it on the Sabbath before. Uh-huh. But you always read this, and it's the vision of uh, the, and it's always read before the ninth of Av. Do you recall what the ninth of Av is? And so, well, before I do, I want to tell you how well you did picking this, because tonight is the last night, the next Sabbath. Will be the where Jews all around the world will be reading this. Okay, and it's the Isaiah is known among the Jews as the prophet of consolation. He's a comforter. He's consolation. Uh-huh. His job, comfort ye, oh comfort ye. Yeah, yeah he. That's right. Good quote. And so his job is to make promises and say, I know bad stuff is happening, but let me assure you and comfort you. Good thing will come at an end. So this is the vision, and you happen to pick it for tonight. What a remarkable thing hmm. that the ninth of Av will be coming up, and this will be our last Sunday night before that. So on next Saturday, Sabbath, there'll be all the Jews around the world. There, all the Jews are on the same. We'll page be reading of, this yeah, passage. That's right. And so, what's fascinating is the Jewish world's a little different than the Christian. 
uh, in more than one respect. But the uh, but I could go into a synagogue or a temple in Yugoslavia, in Australia, anywhere in the world, and they'll be doing the same passage everywhere. Everybody's on the same page. So we, so you always know That's what's going to cool. be read. Yeah. So, Whether it's Reformed or, or... doesn't make any difference. It's always on the same page. Mm-hmm. So this starts off by giving a vision. Now, and it's just always on, and it's always read the Sabbath before the ninth of Av. Uh-huh. Now, the ninth of Av. I have to ask the question that all of our listeners are asking themselves yes, this yes, very please. moment. Who is this Oz guy? Has it got anything to do with the Wizard of Oz? No. <laughs> but I had to ask. Actually, I want to point out something. Look at the word again. Look at it. Uh, Oz? No. Wizard? Look at no. Look at it. Oh, I'm looking. Uh, my Bible? Yes. Okay, I'm looking at it. That's not what it says. I. You've been told all your life. Every time you see an O, pronounce it as an A. It's O. Okay. Now, why is Oz? You talked about the Wizard of Oz. O-Z. It's not. It's not Oz. It's O's. O's. Okay. And O's is the Hebrew word for strength. Okay. He's the Wizard of Strength. Like in the movie Wizard of Oz. He shows all those characters. He doesn't give them something. He points out to them their own strength. The card lion is not a coward. He's brave. Okay. Everybody, he's pointing out he's the wizard of their strength. Okay, when you talked about the ninth of Oz, Ob. is that O-Z? No, no. Ninth of Av is A-V. That's a different thing. Uh, A-V is in victory. Yes. Av. Uh-huh. All right. See there, uh, folks. Av just... is a Jewish month. Well, see, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure okay, a lot of people. Of the... Okay. Well, okay. it's good that you're forcing me to do this. Okay. Now let's go to it. All right, well, tell, tell me, me about so the ninth of, of, ninth of Both Av. temples, first and second temple, the destruction began on that date, the ninth of Av. Av is a Jewish month. In the history of the world, both destructions of both temples took place on the same day. Is that right? Yes. Both the Babylonians and the Romans. Yes, sir. Now, hmm. I, it, some people could look at it mystically or spiritually, however you want. Or uh, you could take it practically and say the Romans were educated folks, and they knew what day the Babylonians did, and they said, let's do it on the same day. What do you say? <laughs> but this th- is but there's National more. Destroy Israel Day. But there's day. more. There's a whole list of things. If somebody wants to Google this, I won't bore everybody and make, take up a lot of time. Go to the Google. You can go. You can you Google the ninth of Av. Av. That's a Jewish month. Well, when was the very first bad thing that happened on the ninth of Av? <sighs> Let me see. What could that have been? The uh, temptation and fall of Adam and Eve into sin. No. no. Well, yeah. uh, the uh, the flood. No. The uh, nah. Okay. Nah. Way off. That's uh, yeah. Way off. Okay. That's okay. It's when the ten spies came back with the bad oh, report. Okay. Uh-huh. Now listen. What happened is they came back and there's kind of an old saying about you came back and cried about nothing on this date. That's when it actually. That's the that's the predecessor date of the destruction of both temples. How about that? And it starts there. And throughout history, many, many, many bad things have taken place on the ninth of Av. Now, uh, when those spies came back, basically there's an understanding that says, "Well, you came and you cried about nothing." This it, is in the it, book. Wait, wait, of... wait! You don't step on my perfect line. But tell them where this is in the Bible. No, I don't want oh, to. Okay, I want right, to finish. Okay, okay. okay. Go, this, go. Okay. So they come back and it says, I was just telling you that there's a whole line. There's a lot, the part, back of the line. 
So they come back and they say, God says, basically, you came and you cried about nothing on the night of Ab, but in the future, what's going to happen is you will have things to really cry about on the night of Ab. Uh-huh. And so that was the predecessor date. And so all through history, those occur. That occurs, and that's uh, back when in, in uh, when Moses is leading everybody through the desert. He sends the ten spies to spy out the land of Israel. Is it the end of Leviticus or well, uh, in think, Numbers? Uh, I think it's Numbers. Okay, the and first of Numbers. Yeah. So anyway, so he come. They come back and they, the ten spies. They give a bad report. They slander the land of Israel. Uh huh. And there's only two guys that don't. And Caleb but, and Joshua. Uh-huh. There you go. So, but the point is, so that's the first time this date occurs, and Jews are real good about keeping dates, and so we know that date. And then in the history of the world, what a coincidence, World War I started on the 9th of Ab. How about that? And throughout history, and you can Google this, the 9th of Ab events, and you'll see all these things that happen, you think, my goodness, that sure does look suspicious. Anyway, I just want to tell you, that's coming up. And then, and every time you read the Torah, the Bible, you know, the first five books mm-hmm. in any Jewish temple or synagogue. Traditionally, you read that, then you read a matching portion of something from the prophets that thematically is uh, in line with that. Right. So, and so, this is what will be read next week. It'll all, it'll starts off with a dire warning, but then gives consolation. And well, then, uh, how long is the passage that's read this week? Coming, uh, week? it goes through uh, to about four or five chapters. Okay, uh, it'll actually go through. Uh, I should say this. It go, it'll go through. Uh, the start at cha- uh, on one, and it goes through verses one through twenty-seven. That's the first part of this. Uh-huh. Now, so what happens is, and then for the next seven Sabbaths, all part portions of the prophet that's read after something reading in the Torah all come from Isaiah, and they're all consolation things. Now let's take a look at something. If we don't mind, look at verse 2. Do you see verse 2? I do. Okay, see, it says, Hear, O heavens, and listen, O earth. See that? Uh-huh. Well. This is ever, what the Lord says. Yeah, have you ever seen that phrase anywhere else? Listen, O heavens, pay attention, earth. I, I don't recall. Okay, Moses said that. Okay. Except something interesting. Moses says that exactly reverse. He says, listen, O heaven." And give ear or earth. Exactly reversed. So Isaiah, an educated guy, is trying to tell us something. No, wait a minute, wait a minute. You just said the same thing. No, I didn't. You said, listen, O heavens, pay attention, O earth. I didn't say anything about pay attention. I said, give ear. Give ear, earth. You're looking at your own Bible. I'm looking at Isaiah 1, verse 2. Okay, it says, first it says heavens, and it says, listen, O earth, right? Uh Uh-huh. Okay, that's what your version says. Here in Isaiah. Okay. And if you go back and you'll find in here with Moses. He said. He says, uh, basically, uh, listen, heavens, and give ear, O earth. Well, that's the same thing as this. Well, then yours is wrong. I thought you just said, listen, O heavens. Okay, just trust me. Go back, compare the two. You'll pick it out. Only in this time because it's something I really want to get to here. Uh, Before we, I want want to show you something. Okay, okay. Go back in the, if you're starting at chapter 2. Uh-huh. Now this, from the Jewish point of view, and I, I would think Christian, chapter 2, verse 1, it says, The word of Isaiah, son of Amos, Amos mm-hmm. uh, prophesied about Judah and Jerusalem. Verse 2, In the days to come, 
The mountain of God's temple will stand firm above all mountains, exalted over the hills. All nations will stream to it. Many peoples will go and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of God, to the temple of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For the Torah shall go forth from Zion, and the word of God from Jerusalem. And it says he will judge the nations and instruct many peoples. I think this is what um, Jesus is referring to when he separates the goats and the sheep and the mm-hmm. judgment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, I think that's what he's referring to. Now, also, did you notice something interesting? He said, in the days to come, or the end days, the end of time. The end of days is actually the phrase. So it cannot be the final time period because it says all the nations are going to come there. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be starting at the end of days. So if we look at time itself as being, let's say, six days, mm-hmm. uh, Sunday through Friday. So it would appear to me, since it's plural, it must be like what we might call like Thursday and Friday. Mm-hmm. So that would be at the end of times. But it's distinguishing between the end of time, the end of days is actually what it says, and a messianic idea, the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And this is actually taken to be a reference to the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? It is very interesting. Isaiah references the Messiah many times, actually. And he said, and look in verse 4, it says, He will judge the nations and instruct many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. The famous passage, right? It is. Nation will no longer fight against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Oh. Ain't going to, let me see, ain't going to do no, 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 no more. Is that going to grieve, ain't going to grieve my Lord or something? No more? Yeah, something uh, like that. Okay. And then, remember that Jesus talks. Uh, ain't going to study war no more. Study war. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talks something about, uh, he's also going to uh, uh, the woes. Remember there's a spot mm-hmm. where he talks about the woes. Mm-hmm. Well, he gets that from Isaiah. Yep. And it's actually in chapter 5. The woes that show up in the book of Matthew in the, uh, correct, yes. in the Sermon on the Mount. There you go. See? You're doing well for woe, a guy. Woe you know? into the – yeah, woe. Yeah, the woes. Uh, it starts off, uh, I guess, in the chapter 5, I guess, verse 8. Uh-huh. It begins. Verse 11, mm. uh, 18, 20, 21, 22. Those, he starts going through these woes. These woes. Actually, if you look at in Matthew, you can actually line them up and see what Jesus is quoting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, but I, what I really want to get to is is this chapter nine. All right, I this is strange. oh I love chapter six by the way. Just before of we fly you by, do. well, with if a, you want to take a moment, oh, it's just that beautiful passage when Isaiah talks about his calling to the ministry. In the year the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. High and lifted up on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple, attending him. Oh, it's a beautiful passage. His calling uh, to God, his calling to ministry, and God calls him to go. Here I am, send me, he says. And so, anyway, just beautiful passage, Isaiah chapter 6. Well, okay, I didn't want to cut you off. Is there no, that, you that's all. Or? Just his call. Ah. Isaiah gives his, the, the, he describes his call to ministry. Ah. And uh, and he talks about angels, mm-hmm. and those angels, that's where they go, holy, 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 right? Right. That's kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. All right. All right. So, but they he says they have six six wings. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But Ezekiel says they have four. There's mm-hmm. a resolution to that, but we'll talk about Different that. Different kinds of angels? 
No. Yes, 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 yes probably. Okay. There's levels. Yeah. Okay. Uh, perhaps not different kinds, but different levels, you might say. Anyway, seraphim. You know what? Uh, you know what? You know what that actually means? Seraphim. Seraphim. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you know what that means? Seraphim. No, it's plural. It's plural. Yay! <laughs> um, it's actually talking about an angels of fire. Hmm. Uh, these are angels. judgment. No, well, it could be, but they're angels of fire. Is what it's talking about. Mm-hmm. So anyway, but in chapter nine, if we can go over to verse okay. seven. Okay. Would you be so kind? Is there any chance, if you have a Bible with you, I could convince you by twisting your arm to read the say, oh, I don't know. It's a famous passage. Same as For nine, a child is seven, born to seven, us, seven. a son is no, given. what are you talking about? That's not it. It's six. I was going to read it in six no, and seven. No, I want to do this because this is the part that matters. If what, you want number to read seven? a different verse, you read a different verse. Number seven? Yes, but if you want to talk about a different one, go ahead. No, no, I wouldn't talk about it. I was just going to read it. Well, I want to talk because this is the one that is is used by all American politicians. Okay. Uh, It's seven through nine. All right. His government and its peace will never end, talking about the Messiah. A child is born in that. Verse six. Uh, He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. That's seven through nine? Oh, the Lord has spoken out against Jacob. His judgment has fallen upon Israel. And the people of Israel and Samaria who spoke with such pride and arrogance will soon know it. That's it? That's what I have. And I'm sticking to it. That's chapter well, nine. Here, let me, let me, chapter let me, nine, verse seven through nine. Let me, let me assist you. Okay. Uh, God has spoken his word against Jacob. And it has come to pass against Israel, Ephraim and those living in Samaria, all the people, they felt his punishment, yet they spoke proudly and arrogantly. Nine, bricks have fallen, but we'll rebuild with hewn stones. Sycamores have been cut down, but we'll replant with cedars instead. Uh Uh-huh. Now. Oh, I see where you're going. Now that is quoted by... You can Google this, and I'll give you a couple of names, just a couple. There's a whole bunch of them. And I'm sure they had speech writers. But after 9-11, what happened was... Oh, my lands. I see what they did. What? I, I, I just now realized what they did. Well... They quoted these verses out of context. Okay, their speech writers prepared them. Yeah. And what happened is they don't realize that this is an act of rebellion against God. God, you, this, this punishment came on us, but we're going to rebel against you. We're going to rebuild with hewn stones. Hewn stones, you can never hew a stone you're building it like an altar right. or something because you're using a weapon of war on it. They just use regular stones. So what they're saying is we're going to rebuild no matter that you cut us down. We're going to put more solid trees that will be there. We're going to build. And today, where 9-11 is, they've actually planted sycamore trees. I remember this quote. I don't know who it was, but, but that they quoted this about uh, – it's probably it's probably on a plaque. I believe maybe they have this well, verse on a plaque. Well, let me tell plaque. you a couple of people that people can Google, uh-huh. and you'll find more. But two famous ones is Tom Daschle. Remember him as a politician? Yes, politician. He quotes it. You can Google it and see him talking. Mm-hmm. Also, another guy ran for president, John Kerry. Okay. 
they quote this, and they quote, and, and I want to tell you, and many other people do too. And they, and I, obviously the speechwriter says something about bricks falling, but we'll rebuild. We so will they, replace the broken bricks of our ruins with finished stone and replant the felled sycamore trees with cedars. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but this is being said by people who are in arrogantly in pride and arrogance yes. who are against God. Yes, yeah, so you got all these people who are oh American goodness. politicians who obviously had speechwriters and they're taking this verse and they're saying we're going what 9/11 happened to us but we're going to rebuild. And even today they have planted sycamores. Oh, oh my. we're out of time and I never it's a perfect got to, example. I never got to the important stuff. Taking out of context. Yeah. Uh, well, we always have next week, Jacob. Oh, we don't. We got other things. Every every all week. Right, let's go on. Okay. Hey, listen, so always be the kind of person you like to have for a parent. Say that again. You'll always be the kind of person you would like to have for a parent. All right. That's his admonition each and every week. We'll see you next Sunday, folks. It's been a delight to be with you. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live Broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.